The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and today's show is going to focus on the week one matchup between the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, we've reached another regular season. We've made it through an offseason, through preseason, through training camp through all of that, and now we get to real football that really matters. Today's show is going to feature a pretty special interview I'm really excited to have as a guest for you a little bit later on, Mike Sando of The Athletic, longtime NFL writer. And, uh, you know, Mike and I will talk about a few things. We'll talk about, uh, about the Giants. We'll talk about Eli Manning. We'll talk about George Young. Mike happens to be one of the Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, so that will be uh, a really interesting conversation that I hope you'll enjoy. A couple of things I wanted to hit before we get to that. Obviously, we know that over the weekend, the Giants set their 53-man roster, and then they made a couple of changes on Sunday. Some of those drew the ire of Giants fans. I don't want to belabor those. They're a little bit old at this point. If you really want my take on some of those, you can go to BigBlueView.com and look at my analysis of the 53-man roster. Obviously, the, the decisions that really upset people were keeping Alex Tanney on the roster and cutting Alonzo Russell and I pretty much give you my reasons for, for why those decisions were made. Um, also, we know now that uh, Ezekiel Elliott will be available for the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. Zeke finally signed his mega contract with Dallas this week. If anyone is surprised by that, uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you because I'm certainly not surprised. Pretty much knew all along that this is how it was going to play out, that Zeke would be signed and ready to go by the time the regular season started. So we'll see how much he plays. I would expect, uh, you know, Dallas will say, oh, he'll play a limited number of snaps. And 
my guess is we're going to see a whole lot more of Zeke Elliott than the the quote-unquote plan would indicate. Also, just wanted to mention, this will be the 16th season for Eli Manning as a New York Giant. And no, no matter what you think of Eli at this point, 16 seasons is something that deserves to be honored. No Giants player has lasted that long. Uh, credit to Eli for, for still being there. Across your fingers, you know, at least I'm crossing mine and hoping that that the year turns out well for Eli. We know that it's going to be a somewhat controversial year no matter what because you have Daniel Jones as the quarterback in waiting. And, of course, at some point, whether it be this year or next year, the Giants have to turn over the reins to Daniel Jones And we'll see how all of that plays out. Much of that is going to depend on whether the Giants win games or not. And uh, we'll see how it plays out. I've said before, I think that Manning stays as the quarterback as long as the Giants are in reasonable playoff contention. And we'll just have to wait and see if I'm right about that. Anyway, Giants fans, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And then we'll come right back with my interview with Mike Sando of The Athletic. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Giants fans, I'm joined now by Mike Sando of The Athletic as we continue to break down the Giants in advance of Sunday's season opening game against the, the Dallas Cowboys. Mike, thank you much for uh, for joining me, and how you doing today? Good to be here, Ed. Yeah, uh, looking forward to another season. Uh, this is probably, I don't know, 20, must be 21 for me. So um, I've lasted this long, and I guess uh, you know we'll see how much more we can go. 
There you go. This is this is twelve for me covering the Giants, and 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 if if you do the math, that takes us back to two thousand and seven when Big Blue View was created. So I always say that we take credit for the Giants two thousand and seven Super Bowl, but <laughs> but we don't take any we don't take any blame for anything bad that's happened the last few years. It has been a little bit of a rough run, but I think any. Any fan who's been with a team that hasn't won championships would say, all right, for two championships or, you know, <laughs> would I put up with a bunch of bad for sure? Because a lot of teams just have a bunch of bad and the Giants have a great history. And I think the question now is, can they get back to that? You know, and, and or do they need a do they really need a full reset? You know, it's been an off season of uh, change, but, you know, they haven't necessarily changed the organization structurally. Right. And right. I think that's kind of the debate is should they. Could they do that, you know? Right, and and I know that you were not a fan of the various moves that the Giants made this offseason. Obviously, the biggest one well, was getting... Well, we'll you, see. We'll see. Well, at, that's where I was going to go. I was going to yeah. ask you, I know that you weren't a big fan initially. Mm-hmm. And what I was going to ask you was, now that we've gone through training camp, we've gone through the preseason... I was going to say, where do you stand on on what the Giants have done yeah. to this point now that you've seen a little bit of it? Well, I think things have died down a little bit. You know, for a while there, it was just confusing uh, because it didn't seem like they were communicating what the plan was. They don't have to, but sometimes it helps. And then there was just a lot of things changing. Obviously, the, the pivot on Odell Beckham, um, you know, some of the signings, some of the trades of speculation around the draft. It was a little chaotic. I feel like it's calmed down a little bit. And I think that was somewhat of the point of, uh, you know, moving on from Beckham. Now, do they have enough to be a good team this year? You know, I I don't think so, probably. But it's not all about this year either, too. You know, I think they're they're trying to do this for the long term. So the longer now that time goes by and and the waves that were made this offseason sort of settle down in the pond, um, you know, you may start to feel better about it, starting with, you know, what do they have at quarterback and how is that going to play out? How well is Eli going to play? Um, you know, how patient will they be? Will Daniel Jones be ready? How does he look? You know, those questions will answer themselves and really inform us on how we should feel about the changes they've made. Yeah, it's tough right now because we talk a lot about, or, or Giants fans talk a lot about improvement and and the Giants say, well, we feel better about this roster. And people ask me, well, how would you judge improvement for the Giants? And I find that to be a difficult question simply because it might include a quarterback trans- transition. And if it includes a quarterback transition, then I don't know how you actually measure it. Yeah, well, to me, do you feel good about the future and you want to see more? You know, so um, if it's just a you know, 16 games of Eli and they finished seven and nine. I mean, that doesn't feel great to me. Does it to you? No, it doesn't actually. It's funny because I I was talking about that with someone else earlier today. And that's kind of like purgatory for me is 16 games of Eli that doesn't quite make the playoffs. Yeah. And even if let's just say Eli was decent, you know what I mean? Let's just say he had, you know, not a pro bowl year, but he had a legitimate, decent starter year. I mean, to me, I, I feel like, you know, with all due respect to him, we've we've seen that, right? And unless the team's going to be great around him and you're going to really make a run to the playoffs, um, I think you want to feel like, okay, they've turned a page here and it's not just the last three years sort of different versions of them, you know? And uh, it's 
it's painful to do for organization to move on from you know quarterback who's been there a long time. But what it, I think if he plays just well enough to go 16 more games, I don't know that I feel great about it. No, I hear you. And Mike, you know, one of the things that I definitely wanted to get into with you, I'm not sure folks know, but you are one of the Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors. And that leads naturally, when we talk about Eli Manning, into the Eli Manning, is he or is he not a Hall of Famer discussion? If you had to, if you had to vote on that today, Yep. Where would you come down? Well, certainly I am so respectful of the process that I'm not a big, this guy is not a Hall of Famer, put this guy in. I think we have to get in there and talk about it. I'm open-minded on all the guys. I've gone into the room thinking that, not knowing I was going to vote for somebody, and I did. Um, so uh, I'm not open, I'm not closed-minded at all. I feel like I need to be convinced a little more now. I've had great discussions with uh, you know friends of mine in the business who cover the Giants, and, and we've gone back and forth, but... Uh, I have not felt like, even even though the, you get away those two championships, I've never really felt like he was one of the best five quarterbacks in the league, almost in a given year, let alone over time, right? And so for me, when I'm evaluating Hall of Fame players, I think this is the, the best of the best. I mean, the, the, this guy was the best at his position, certainly in a season, but, you know, in the top two or three for a long time at his position, that's sort of what I'm conditioned to. Um, that's the lens I see him through. So it's so fascinating to me with Eli because he came in with Philip Rivers. And I feel like Philip Rivers has been, uh, at times, certainly a top five quarterback, sometimes a top two or three, uh, but he hasn't had the team success, you know, you know, to the same degree in the playoffs. He hasn't had the hot run in the playoffs. So how do you weigh all of those things? I'd be interested in your sort of view on Eli. Do you lean towards that he should? And do you agree with me that he's never really been one of the best quarterbacks? Well, I'm going to answer the second part of that first. And it's mm-hmm. funny. This this is my show and you're putting me on the spot. What is that all about? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think it's a good discussion. I'm open-minded and I want to hear because, you know, I, I think that's we have to be fair, honorable to the process and fair to the player. I mean, it's, you know, Eli Manning hasn't even retired. I can't be saying that he's not going to make the Hall of Fame. I haven't decided, but I would like to be convinced more. Right. And I, I think I agree with you about Eli when you say that he hasn't been one of the, you know, you do the quarterback tiers thing. And, and I think that, that over the course of his career, there probably haven't been a lot of years where you would put him in tier one. And and I think that's the general consensus around the league. What he's done is he's been good at times. He's been good, but not great. He's been great at the right moments for me. And I'm I'm like you. I'm fascinated as to how this is all going to play out. And we'll see what happens this year. I think it would have been easy to make a case for Eli Manning as a Hall of Famer if if we had been talking about this in 2012. Yeah, possibly. I think also, you know, he had a couple good seasons after that, at least statistical seasons, right? 2014, 2015. He was sort of getting into that, you know, 30-plus touchdowns, you know, not too many interceptions, I think under 15. And you start stacking those. I think it helps. And I feel like over the last couple years, 
Philip Rivers has enhanced his case by having some really good seasons. And I, they won only, I think, one playoff game last year. But uh, I felt like if he could, you know, get to the Super Bowl and win it with these great seasons he's having at the end, um, that might push him in. I feel for Eli Manning almost like, you know, he could use a couple years like that, right? Couldn't he use a couple seasons where he's just spinning the ball and carrying the team? Um, he's done it in the big moments, but I've always felt like they were a team that had great defense, run game, and then he he elevated and rose up and got him over the top, but wasn't so much the driving force of the of the success as some of the other, you know, top quarterbacks uh, have been during his time. Right. I guess what I've always felt about Eli is when you look at Eli, you look at Aaron Rodgers, you look at Tom Brady, you look at at even you know at his brother there's a difference with a type of quarterback who elevates bad to mediocre talent that's around him Eli to me is not that guy he's a guy who for me has always risen to the moment has always taken advantage of opportunity when it's you know when he's had those things around him that we've talked about so for me, that's that's the difference yeah. about a guy that you'd put in tier one. He's never, for me, been a guy who can carry a bad to mediocre football team. Yep, uh, I felt that way too. And now in the Hall of Fame bylaws, it doesn't say, hey, you, you have to be in tier one or you have to be able to carry a mediocre ball club. It just says, are you a Hall of Famer, right? And so there are people who could reasonably say, hey, you know what? This guy's been a consistently good player for a long time. And what's the goal here? It's to win championships. And he has played his best in a couple of those runs. And they didn't just, you know, uh, beat the worst teams that ever made it the Super Bowl. I mean, they're, they're beating the undefeated Patriots. I mean, you can't take that away from them, right? I mean, that elevates him. That separates him from a Phillip Rivers, right? You could you right. could make that case. I think some people will make that case. And I think it's a case that has to be considered. That's why I say I have an open mind. I just... I feel like with most of these guys, you know, so I've been a Hall of Fame presenter and I, I live in the Seattle area, so I present people from the Seahawks market. Well, Walter Jones was unquestionably like the best left tackle in the game for many years. We put him in, right? Right. Oh, <laughs> That's without, sort of the way right. that I look at it. Right. right. So but are um, you... Hutchinson is, is who I'm, doing, who I'm uh, advocating for now. I mean, he was clearly, people thought he was the best guard for a long time, you know? Right. Um, it it's it's what makes it it's what makes this so fascinating and so hard because because I see both sides of I see both sides of it and yeah. it because it, you know nobody that's ever won two Super Bowls to this point has not as a quarterback has not made the Hall of Fame and and yet Jim Plunkett it, well oh that's true I forgot about I forgot about Plunkett but still. You know, you have that you have that argument, and and I would I would love to be a fly on the wall when the debate starts. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I will see how far he gets initially, but his career, you know, maybe his career is over, but maybe it's not over. What if he has a great year? You know, I don't think anyone's betting on it, but I think it would help him. I do too, as well. And and Mike, you know, the other person that I have to ask you about when we talk about Hall of Fame, and and I know that the. Uh, in the Hall of Fame now, you have the, I believe it's called the contributors category. Am I correct? Yep. yep. The guy that I have campaigned for for years now is former Giants general manager George Young. 
and he just he never really seems to get any traction as a serious Hall of Fame candidate, and and, and that surprises me a little bit. I mean, do you do you do you foresee that? ever changing and can you i do I th- yeah i think he's gonna get in I, I'm, I'm he's one of those guys that a lot of people who are in the league you know are like oh wait he's not in already you know so um both spots are precious and there's a process every year that determines who's up for the vote and there's it's not like with players we have five modern era candidates and they, they're all there's going to be five of them every year so sometimes it's someone else's turn to come up and i don't think that says anything bad about what people think of george young i, I just think he needs to get in the room again and and have uh have the vote and i would think he would i would think he would go in i wonder this year i believe in the the upcoming year because of the nfl 100 there's going to be an expanded number of uh, of uh of entrance into the hall i'm wondering if this year's a good chance for him you know i don't know from just talking to the guys yet i don't think we have a i don't have a read i'm not on uh, you know the specific uh, committees um, for that, but um, I think it's a matter of time. I mean, I just, I just feel like he's worthy, and you know that Giants franchise really had been in a, you know, a, a low place um, when he came along. And then, granted that it's not just all him, but he played a you know sort of a leading role in a revival of becoming really one of the dominant franchises again um, for what a uh, better part of a decade i guess a little more than a decade right uh, more than that and uh you know usually you drive that kind of success you're gonna you're gonna have a chance i think it's easier if you're the coach that did it or if you're the best player you know Lawrence taylor that did it but um you know, the executives oftentimes get their due or at least should right, well i'm gonna keep banging that drum and bothering people like you until he gets in so yeah just, just yeah, be warned <laughs> yeah i don't th- i don't think anyone has anything against him you know i don't th- i don't know of any like you know objection that he just needs to get on that ballot uh, in that slot and then i would think it would happen all right so you know you happen to mention the fact that you know the giants for so long before george young we're in a downswing. I think it was 16 years of not making the playoffs, something along that line. Yeah, I think it was 15. 15 yeah. or 16 years of not making the playoffs. And then, you know, now we're in a little bit of a downswing with the Giants again. I think it's one playoff appearance since 2011. When you look at, we talked a little bit about the Giants off season. So let's get back to, you know, present day a little bit. When you look at Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer, in your mind, you know, are are you still confused by what's going on with the Giants, or do you feel oh. okay about these guys as far as getting the Giants going again? Well, I think those are you know maybe uh, two two different questions. I feel like what they're doing, uh, you know, they're not the only team that's trying to improve the atmosphere around their building. I mean, look at what the Steelers did, right? I mean, they got rid of Antonio Brown. They're just trying to calm the waters a little bit and not have um, distractions. The question, I think, for um, the Giants is, you know, is it too much of a a loss of talent? Whereas the Steelers, I think, still have certainly talent in the receiving game. Their quarterback's been playing better more recently. Um, You know, they've got a pretty good defense. I feel like they're going to be okay. Um, For the Giants, you know, gotten rid of some pretty good players is there enough left to be competitive? And, um, you know, do you feel like 
you feel like Shermer and Gettleman are you know dynamic leaders to carry you forward? You know what I mean? Right. And um, I think with some organizations, like let's just go with Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin's a dynamic leader in his own way, right? I mean, he's he is, and there's track record of success there as a head coach. Um, I live in the Seattle area. Pete Carroll drives the success of an organization. We can debate whether he does this right or that right or whatever, but you know exactly um, you know exactly what he's doing, and it's proven over time. I think for the Giants right now, um, that's still taking shape, but do you just feel that automatically with uh, the leadership they have? Um, I don't think you can say that you do the way you do at places where um, you feel a lot better about it. And the Giants aren't the only team. I mean, do you feel great about where the Cardinals are at? You know, I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll see. But um, I think that's, you know, in, in that market and, and given the history of the team and the personalities that have helped drive success there, um, you know, those are questions. No, I hear you there. I think that, you know, Pat Shermer is not a, you know, what you would call a dynamic personality. What what I think is is the deal here is that I think the Giants have tied themselves to Daniel Jones. And I my two cents, my belief is that we're not going to know where this is going in particular with Shermer, you know, and his long-term future as to whether he's the the right head coach for the Giants until we know what Daniel Jones is. Yeah, and I'm not one of these media guys who thinks he's a scout and watched the film of Daniel Jones and compared him to this other guy. You know, uh, I feel like I don't have a problem with him taking him six. I know there was debate over, you know, would he be there at 17? That's not really the question. The question is, did Dave Gettleman and the Giants think he was going to be there at 17, right? That's the question. And, you know, they probably studied that as well as, uh, you know, better than you or I did. So if you got your quarterback, you like him. I don't care if you took him seven. 16 or 6th or 1, you're just going for your quarterback. So you don't have a problem with that. Um, really, we do just have to see how he plays, how the you know the coaching is around him, the team they build around him. Obviously, they've got a good running back. Um, but, you know, do they have good offensive tackles? Can they protect? Um, what's it going to look like? Are enough weapons? I mean, those, those are just questions that I think need to be answered that are going to help um, or hurt uh, Daniel Jones in the future. Right. You know, you mentioned the uh, the quote good running back that the Giants had, and and obviously we're talking about Saquon Barkley. Can you win in the NFL now when the best player on your football team is a running back? Yeah, I mean, I think every team's different, you know. And every time a running back gets paid a bunch of money, you're going to see a bunch of people say, "Well, the running game is not valuable. Uh, you know, they shouldn't pay this guy and they should let him go." Well. I personally think they probably should have taken, you know, Darnold uh, as a quarterback in the draft. But, you know, that conversation's sort of tired. I, th- I think if your running back is your best player on your team, yes, you just your team can be configured differently than other teams. And now when it comes down to paying him, like the, you know, Zeke Elliott's just getting a deal with the Cowboys, I mean, I think that's another question. Um, and it's more complicated than whether the expected points added of a rushing play are worth the money. I mean, there's dynamics in the locker room. There's, you know, what type of a leader the player is, what everyone else around him thinks of the player, um, what your, you know, what your overall flexibility is, who else do you have to pay? How old is he? I mean, I don't think it's a, uh, you're, it's, it's a death sentence to sign a good running back and pay him. Um, you know, even though the position obviously is not necessarily going to be what puts you over the top. 
Right. So let's look at, you know, obviously the season starts for the Giants on Sunday in Dallas. I'm just curious when you look at the at the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, more or less the the state of the teams in the NFC East. You know, I talk to guys from Dallas and Philly and they say it's a two team race and and don't give the Giants any opportunity. Just are the Giants in a place where you think maybe not in 2019, but but within a couple of years, can they close that gap and and really be on a par with those two teams? Do you, are they headed in that in that uh, in along that yeah. path? Well, I mean, we just said we don't know what's going to happen with Daniel Jones, so I think that's going to drive it from their perspective. I think what you have to look for is what are, the, are those other teams coming back to the pack? I think the Eagles have an older roster with a quarterback who's had a couple of back procedures, so as excited as everyone is to say they're going all the way, which it seems like a lot of people are saying, um, what if Josh McCann plays seven games, right? So I think the Eagles are at an interesting spot little, you know, with some age on their roster on some key players. And in two years from now, they could look quite different. If Carson Wentz is still there and playing great, that's going to buoy them. They're going to be fine. But I, I still think he has to prove he can play season after season and play with his, you know, most dynamic playing style um, at the same time before I'm willing to say they're going to have the type of staying power. Now, um, Dallas is, I think Dallas is set up decently. I know, you know, they're going to be paying a bunch of guys, and that's sort of gotten them in trouble in the past, you know, when they just tried to pay everybody. And uh, suddenly you're, you know, having a bunch of Tony Romo, Romo dead money. I think their question is going to be, um, you know, is Dak Prescott an elevator of any kind, you know? <laughs> and right now I think most people think, eh, you know, not really sure. I, I do like a lot of things about the roster. I think they should be good the next couple of years. Um, and almost maybe a little bit more of a stable team to me than the Eagles, who I think are a little more volatile, maybe have a little more upside this year, but some uncertainty and downside too. All right. Hey, Mike, I appreciate your spending some time with me today. Why don't you uh, go ahead and give folks the uh, the athletic elevator pitch and, and tell folks uh, you know what, what you have coming up uh, in the pipeline with your work? Yeah, so theathletic.com, great app, a great value, no ads, just a different experience online all the way around. We got a bunch of great guys. I have uh, recently posted a piece with execs around the league talking about what they thought the, the one or two worries were for each team. Um, that's posted. There's a lot of buzz around that on the, on the site, and uh, you can check that out. I'm at Sando, S-A-N-D-O-N-F-L, uh, on Twitter as well. All right, Mike, thank you very much, and hopefully we'll talk to you again sometime soon. Great. Thanks, Ed. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Our thanks to Mike Sando of The Athletic for spending some time with us. Uh, If you guys know the way that I have felt about George Young over the years, you know I've been campaigning for Young. Good to hear from Mike that he thinks that the former Giants general manager, will eventually get into the Hall of Fame. Had a really interesting discussion with Mike also about Eli Manning and his Hall of Fame candidacy. Hope you guys really enjoyed that interview. Um, I know that I did. So, Giants fans, please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check out the, the newly launched Chris and Joe show on Big Blue View Radio, which features... Chris Flum and Joe DeLeon, 
as uh, as they break down the Giants. Their next show should should be uh, coming up. I'm not sure if it's going to be Thursday or Friday, but that next show will be a breakdown of Sunday's matchup between the Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. So as I said, Giants fans, please remember to subscribe. Check us out on Instagram at big underscore blue underscore view. Check us out on Facebook. Follow at Big Blue View on Twitter. Join the community at Big Blue View to uh, to comment with other Giants fans and, and discuss the uh, the fortunes of your New York Giants. Looking forward to to Sunday's season opener in Dallas against the Cowboys. All right, we thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.